welcome back to See and Free Studio. So glad you're joining us today. This is the place where we talk about what makes us unique, special, and different. Um, and in previous episodes, we've talked about the relationship between the mind and the body. And sometimes when you're feeling sluggish and your body is telling you something's wrong, uh, it starts with the mind, getting your mind in the right place and, and really seeking to understand what's happening, what are your circumstances, what's going on around you. And my next guest knows a lot about the relationship between your mind and your body. I'm so excited he's joining us today. It's nighttime in Bergen, Norway, where he is joining us from. Sven Harald Murkva uh, is a neurosurgeon and fitness athlete. He describes himself as an alternative thinker and restless soul raised in the Norwegian countryside. And it's a beautiful countryside. If you've never been, you should go. It's absolutely beautiful. He's currently working as a senior consultant in endovascular and general neurosurgery in, in Bergen. He is Oxford and Bergen educated and has had a lifelong passion for sports, competing internationally as an IFBB men's physique fitness athlete, which he will have to tell us all about because I know nothing about this world. Um, he was introduced to me by my college roommate and best friend, Lena. So hi, Lena, shout out to you. Please welcome Sven. Hi, so glad hi. to be here. And yes. uh, really thrilled to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Sounds uh, very grandiose when you're introducing me like that. I'm not used to that, but very good. Well, <laughs> you deserve it, my friend. Whatever works. <laughs> <laughs> so am I right that you you went to Texas Lutheran for a period of time, just or came by and visited us down there? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it was right after high school. Uh, so uh, me and uh, your friend, we had been to school together for years and years. And so... Uh, we went to the same high school in Bergen, and they had an exchange program with Texas Lutheran. So uh, yes. that seemed like a great opportunity. Yeah. Well, I got to meet lots of fabulous Norwegians <laughs> that came down to cool. the college. Yeah. And then I got to go visit you guys there in Norway. Well, Sven, tell people, you know, what are you doing? Tell them a little bit about uh, Bergen for anybody who hasn't been and, and what's it like there right now. Right. Well, Bergen is the second biggest city in Norway. It's not very big, though. Norway is kind of empty, so uh, it's about 350,000 uh, inhabitants. Uh, it's it's a Western climate, kind of what you expect in Vancouver area, I guess. And uh, so it's uh, wet winters, wet summers, wet all the time, actually, come to think of it, but uh, generally quite mild, not very cold. So I'm working here now um, since 2010. I've been working as a neurosurgeon um, and I uh, enjoy it very much. It's uh, plenty of work and uh, you get to meet people and uh, in a real and sort of meaningful way. It's a grateful job in many, many ways, yeah. definitely. Well, and it's a healing yeah. job, and this has been the year of everyone really focusing on their health around the world. I think we've yeah. all become much more conscious about our health and, and what it means. And, um, you know, before we jump into that, you know, how are people doing there in Norway with everything that's been going on this past year? Well, it was in the beginning, you know, we were kind of, it was... Uh, it was easy. It was kind of protected on the outskirts here. It wasn't as bad as you had in Italy and further down in Europe, and certainly not as bad as in the New York area and that. But uh, it's been sort of picking up pace a bit now on the third wave, and we've been in and out of lockdown. But Norway has been a lot 
been a, a lot more protected than many other countries, that's for sure. So we don't see anywhere near as high death tolls uh, as many other European countries. But um, it's tough for everyone. And, you know, it's tough for the young folks and all the people who are suffering from mental illness and that. It's really taking its toll. So people are getting fed up. And I think that's a problem all over the world, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, I think people want to get back out. They want to see each other and connect. Yeah. And, you know, Sven, you know, this the show for me was my way of reconnecting with people and connecting with people and learning about them. And I just love learning what makes people tick, what drives them, fuels them, what they're passionate about. So when you think about that for you and what your unique, special and different is, what would you say it is? Well, I was thinking about that when, when I sort of got in touch with you because you don't really think about these things that much but I suppose what really makes me tick and what really when I feel that my life is really meaningful is when you get to connect with uh, real people through my job and you know people come in been healthy been well and uh, suddenly they get an epileptic seizure and then they're diagnosed with a brain tumor or they fall over and you have a, a massive brain hemorrhage because of an aneurysm that burst and you didn't even know you had it. And the family around is in shock and, and the patient, when they recover enough, can be in shock. And, um, you know, you meet people in a very vulnerable place and, and uh, just being real and, and getting the contact on a basic human level, I think that's, that's really, that's really given me a lot. Yeah. Do you find that with most surgeons? Be. You know, I mean, you're uh, surgeons, uh, and my brother is uh, an anesthesiologist, so I know a little bit about surgery from, from him. Right. Do you find that that's unique? Because I, I do, <laughs> um, your, your I, approach. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it it is maybe something that I strive and aspire to, and I've been trying to keep that realness when I meet people. And I, I think a lot of, you know, you have soldiers come back uh, from the war with PTSD, and, and as a surgeon, a neurosurgeon, maybe more than many other types of surgeon, you, you, you do get a little bit, you can get a little bit damaged because you are the one who's deciding whether you're going to do something here, if this person is going to live or die. And it sounds awful, but that's your daily life quite often. And that affects you. And, and it can stump you and make you hard if you're not careful that you sort of keep your basic human connection. So I, I, I believe, you know, you work hard, you... you you spend a lot of hours just grinding through and keep working and you can become very hard. Um, and I think a lot of my colleagues can fall into that trap. You get divorces and your uh, private life is falling apart and you get even more hard. So, you know, um, it takes its toll and it can be challenging. But if you manage to keep that connection, you're in a place where you can actually make a difference. And people will thank you for it. And that's quite rewarding. Yeah. When, how do you do that for yourself, you know, on those, especially on those tough days? Um, how do you 
stop and remind yourself like how important that connection is and that authenticity and the compassion that you're showing um, your patients. What do you do for yourself to take care of yourself? Well, that's that other side where the fitness athlete comes in, is it? Yeah. Uh, I find I need to reset. Uh, and you, you, if you don't sort of uh, do something completely different in your spare time, then it's very hard to leave work at work. So I go from work and usually if I can straight for my workout and, and by the time I come home got endorphins in my body and you feel fine and relaxed and you know yeah so it's not so many hours left of the day but um, you certainly reset and if you don't take care to do something else I think it's very easy that you bring work home and you bring that stress and um, the weight of work uh, with you uh, in your home life so it's important to, to, to do something different, it is. Yeah, yeah, and like shake it up. I, had, I, worked, I knew yeah. a nurse once who told me when she would leave, uh, she worked in the intensive care unit, but when she would leave, she would take her shoes off right at the door and put different yeah. shoes on so that she could create that separation. Just, just even just viscerally do that for herself so that she can move on with her day. I think it is, we don't always appreciate what you all in the, in the healthcare field uh, deal with. Um, and it is life and death every day. Um, and it, and it take, can take its toll. And so thank you for illuminating that for us. You know, Sven, have you always known how to do that reset for yourself or is it something that you had to learn over time? It's, uh, it's certainly something that I've learned the importance of over time, but uh, I've always I've always been doing sports and uh, that's helped me to have a physical reset. So over the years when you, you know, you start out as a trainee surgeon, you don't have that much responsibility, but you're, you have to be on the ball. You have to, you have to step up and, and you know, and work over time and, be aggressive, move ahead so that you can get up and, and get your full-time job as a consultant. It can be quite demanding. And, and um, so you, I kind of early realized that uh, I had to, you know, I had the benefit when I was doing my physical activity. But uh, I've seen the importance much more in later years when you have much more responsibility and if something goes wrong, it's your fault. And, and certainly that takes a much tougher toll than just having to climb towards something on a ladder. Um, you know, um, when you sit there with, a, with all the responsibility and if, if anything happens, you know, you sit there and think, well, was there anything you could do differently? Was there anything you could have done that would have changed the outcome? And, um, and that's when it's really important to be able to put it away. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I mean, thank you for that, for sharing, because it, uh, you know, I think we all need that, and um, and mm. sometimes it's we can ruminate like that. <laughs> talk about the brain. <laughs> you can spend yeah, a lot of time yeah. up there, <laughs> and not connecting with other human beings. Um, That's uh, you true. know, <laughs> as you think about working with your your patients who, like, when they go through a trauma like they do, and they. Um, you know, are having to figure out how to recover and reset and get their mind in the game and, you know, figure out how to move on with their life? Are there, is there any advice that you give them or that you find really helpful? Well, you know, maybe 
maybe the one other thing I say to especially tumor patients if you get a malignant brain tumor then you know the average uh, time or the average survival after you have a very malignant tumor being diagnosed is not very good and people will read this people will google this people will see this and they will see okay so the average survival is 16 months 17 months but I always tell them that, you know, there's so many things between body and mind uh, that we don't understand. And there's always people that beat the odds. So never to give up hope. Um, you should always hope for you being the one that beat the odds. And it is possible. So I'm trying to make sure that people don't give up and put in their oars, you know, trying to stay positive because uh, it means a lot for them and for their family around them. And um, if you only have a limited amount of time, then it's all the more important to make the best out of it. I mean, we all have a limited amount of time, but and nobody knows when it's going to end. But um, it becomes very much more clearly painted on the wall when you get a severe disease like a brain tumor for example yeah so. yeah and i've seen that i've seen i i am i've always been just amazed at how optimism can carry people through some really really yeah. challenging times i've i've seen it with friends who've had very bad accidents who you know just they just believed they could get through it and their body healed mm. and, and they yeah. were you know doing things that everybody told them they couldn't do so I, I'm, I, I I love that because I think we all need to remember that you know that you need to keep keep a, keep a positive mind um, yeah. because it you know it doesn't have to take you down no and the mind is very powerful and um, for one certain that we don't know all the potential things that we can actually change just through the mind. The immune system is connected to the mind and to our control of it. And, you know, a lot of what we call science today was just speculation 100 years ago. So, and we didn't have a clue. And I'm sure that science in over the next 100 years will reveal a lot and will make us benefit from these things more. But uh, certainly there's more between the connection of the mind and how we think and our bodies then maybe we can prove today and that's very important to keep and sort of make sure people are aware of as well um sven this is the part of the show where i like to ask a random question and you get to choose between one and 25 uh, so then i will tell you what your question is so which number would you like one one oh thank you nobody does one. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about the next year are you most excited about? I hope to see the world opening up again so that we can travel and uh, get in contact with uh, friends and family and all the things we miss over the pandemic. But um, time will show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I think so, too. And if again, I'm going to I'm going to just I should be in the tourism industry now for Norway, because <laughs> if you have not been to Norway in the summer, you have to go. And I would like for Sven to be able to enjoy his Norwegian summer because the light, it, it, I mean, it stays light until 
I don't know what midnight fun. I can't. I mean, it just seemed yeah. like it. It yeah. stayed light, and then we would go out dancing, and then we'd come. We'd leave the club. <laughs> this was when I was younger, by the way. Um, but we would leave the club, <laughs> and the sun would still be up because <laughs> some it went down for like yeah. two hours. So um, I really yeah. hope that you get to enjoy your summer with your friends and family, and <laughs> that you get that this year. I certainly do so too. Yeah, we're quite far north, so uh, thank God for the Gulf Stream. Uh, yeah, it's there to keep us kind of warm, even though uh, we're probably about as far north as Anchorage in Alaska or something like that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's a very similar climate. Um, yeah. Well, I thank you for answering that because it's uh, you know I think it's been a little tough sometimes for some of us to think about the next year. Um, but I hope in yeah. the, again in the spirit of optimism, I hope we can all start getting excited. Um, you know, yeah. one of the things I'm excited about with the show is that we are using it to highlight nonprofits that people really care about and that are doing some really great work in the world. And you, I'm, so, I'm a real big supporter of the, the one that you've chosen, which is Doctors Without Borders. Would you please tell everyone a little bit about um, the organization and why it means something to you? Well, uh, it's basically doctors uh, work in, in uh, projects in third world countries where you really need uh, medical services. And uh, uh, I've been following them for years, supporting them with money. And uh, I've been trying to look into the possibility of traveling out myself. Unfortunately, neurosurgery is uh, too specialized. Uh, they need general surgeons and gynecologists and, you know, the simple things are what's needed in the world uh, and people die in labor and people die from infections and what they can do only with uh, a very minimal amount of money is amazing for people that are young and kids uh, in these places so i keep receiving these uh, field partner letters and uh, it's uh, I'm always a little bit jealous. I can't go out and, and help them there, but uh, but at least uh, we can support them with money and uh, make sure that uh, people get medical services all over the world. Yes, yes, and we want to do that. So you'll see if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see the QR code. You just snap it with your phone. It'll take you right to the donation page for don't, uh, Doctors um, Without Borders and. If you're listening on Spotify or another channel, you can just go check them out. It's really easy to search for them online, but please donate. If you're a doctor and can get involved, like Sven said, uh, especially anybody that's a general practitioner, internist, um, and, and gynecologist, obstetrician, you know, please, please, please uh, take the time to do that. I honestly think um, it's such a great way to get new perspective on healthcare in different parts of the world. Um, I And so I really hope that everybody gets out there and does that. Sven, you know, I did promise everybody that you would tell us just a little bit about what does it mean to be an IFBB fitness <laughs> athlete? Can you just tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's my great hobby. Um, I suppose I've been, uh, I've always been working out, and, but I've been doing uh, weights uh, for well, 30 years. And uh, just three, four years ago, I started sort of, you know, uh, taking it to a, a bit of a higher level and uh, you start getting into the dieting and, and um, well, it's actually bodybuilding, um, but uh, 
the uh, fitness classes are um, not so extreme. Uh, we're not so big. We're uh, just sort of uh, more average. And uh, men's physique is the class uh, of bodybuilding, which is the lowest class or the least muscular class. We uh, work out a lot, uh, but it is possible to do it without uh, using steroids and that. So, you know, it's otherwise a sport that's not um, free from uh, its afflictions in that sense. Uh, IFBB is the biggest organization, um, International Federation of Bodybuilding. So, um, yeah, so it's been uh, really interesting and really challenging because, you know, you, you weigh everything, you look at all your proteins, all your fats, all your carbs, and uh, you see that uh, measurements inching up and down the right places. It's, it's fun. It's good fun. Yeah. Well, I, you sent me your picture. So the people watching this on YouTube, go to the website, seeinfreestudio.com, and Sven's whole description just now of like, it's really not like bulking up or anything. Uh, I've never seen that many muscles in a human being. So <laughs> Sven, I think you're doing well <laughs> with your protein counting. Well, thank you. <laughs> and you're working out. Um, well, yeah. I wish you the best of luck. I don't know if they're still doing the competitions with everything that's going on, but um, I'm glad you have that as an outlet and a way to reset, like you told us. And um, I, I love that you're a connector um, and that you stay connected, you stay real, um, and uh, and that you're in Norway doing healthcare because it's a great it's a great country for healthcare. Um, I I am a big proponent of it, and I was there when I had a problem with my wisdom teeth, and I never for, forget. And you're familiar with Samnanga. <laughs> I'm guessing the little town, yes, yes. village, yeah. I We had to ride our bikes down a hill and then we get to the dentist and I'm like, ah, oh, my gums are hurting, my wisdom teeth are bothering me and the guy gave me some medicine and I was like, do you need my insurance? Do you take money? And he was like, no. <laughs> your health is what you need to be focused on. And I thought, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. great. So <laughs> I learned a lot that day about how well you guys take care of each other there. And uh, I'm glad you're a big part of that system. No, it's a good system. Uh, we pay tax, we pay quite a lot of tax, uh, but uh, the great benefit is that the healthcare system is free for all and uh, schooling system is also free. So uh, I, I used to say to my uh, American friends that Norway is about as uh, socialist as you can get without being communist, and we've been so uh, ever since uh, the Second World War. Uh, and I, I'm proud of that because it's a social democracy in the, in the best sense. Uh, and uh, yeah, there are social inequities or unequalness in, in Norway as well as any other European country. And I suppose that's been increasing here, uh, just like many European countries. But we still have a very flat society and a very flat structure. And uh, that causes less social tension, uh, less buildup of, of uh, sort of anger between classes, I think. So um, it's easier when it's a small country, of course. But I think uh, our forefathers have done many things very right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you have. And I want all of us to remember how much, even though we're not able to travel right now around the world, let's not forget we can learn a lot uh, from around the world. And 
I've learned a lot uh, from my friends from Norway, including you, Sven, today. I'm so glad you came and joined us and that I got a chance to, to meet you. Um, so thank you. Thank you for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, I'm excited uh, to keep going on the show and to meet more people like Sven around the world. Please come back and visit us. You can subscribe at seeandfreestudio.com, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us just about anywhere these days. And all of you in Norway, subscribe. I wanna see you there. Thanks everyone. <laughs>